Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's hour number two of the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan, your favorite live and local sports content here in the mighty Metroplex. Alec Medford and Reggie Atatula. Yep. Rigo Mendoza holing things down for you, the Tolo, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener. We appreciate you so very much for doing just that here tonight. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved in the conversation. Mm, we are on, also on, on that text line. A lot of folks, I mean, it's been everybody voting for December except for one individual from the 682 who said November because January I ship out to the Marines and I'm kind of nervous. I feel like that's fair. Yeah, that, uh, I'll allow that. Yeah, I feel I'll like that's that very one. fair. I I'd get be nervous that. too. Shout out to you and uh, deciding to serve the country. Yeah. That's dope. Shout out to you and uh, shout out to the Twitch and YouTube as well. Dallas Fan Cam on Twitch or 105 through the fan on YouTube where you can get involved, especially in this segment. Uh, what's your biggest concern for the Dallas Mavericks at this point in the season? 877-881-1053. Let us know what you think is worrisome for these Mavs as uh, we talked about it a little bit myself and the fan phenom Blake Elliott yesterday uh, in the morning time about after that Clippers game, just some of the things we saw, and it's kind of the underlying themes for me of what concerns me about this Mavs team as they sit at 10 and 6. So we're only talking about 16 games here into the regular season. But uh, if you are if you care, if you're keeping track, they got eliminated from the in-season tourney. There's Congrats. one more game to be played in yeah. the group play, uh, but they're obviously they're, they cannot move on to the next round, that uh, quarterfinal game that will be happening on the 4th or the 5th yeah. of December. But, so they, they'll finish out with uh, the Houston Rockets uh, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, and you'll, we'll talk about that on, on the get right here as well. But, yeah, that's, that's the last of the in-season tournament games for them um, this season. Real quick aside, how do you feel about the courts for the most part? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've said this is that I understand what they're trying to do with the gaudy courts. I'd, pre- I'd appreciate it if the di- design looked better. The thing that really gets me is more the, the actual make of the courts. Yeah. The fact that they kind of did them quick. And ultimately, uh, you've seen the ways in which they've had some issues, right? They've had some they've been slick. They've been, you know, had some wrong dimensions at times. Uh, but other than that, I'm like, and it is what it is. It's one of those things that it's it's a gambit that the NBA is want to do. You remember that time when they were doing uh, jerseys with sleeves? <laughs> You remember that? Remember those abominations? <laughs> they did, did those for a little bit, looked up, yeah. and they were like, oh, yeah, people don't really like that, huh? Yeah. And more importantly, the players didn't really like that. All right, we'll move away from it. And so I feel like uh, being, a, being a fan of the NBA, you've seen these things come and go, and I feel like, uh, you know, the court thing will either get better or they'll figure out a, a different way to do to get across what they're trying to get across. The sleeves on the jerseys, man, good lord. It has been worse. 
I thought the sleeves were fine. Of course you did. Well, it's your God-given right as an American to be wrong. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. God bless you for that. And opinions are allowed. The heat Uh, ones were okay. No. Um, So the question is, what is your concern? With the Mavs at this point in the season. Some, and, some things that I would allow you to uh, to point to as uh, Luka Doncic, if you remember, you mentioned that Clippers game. Mm-hmm. Early on in it, he tries to poke out uh, a steal from James Harden, and it seemed like he kind of hit his, uh, what was it, left thumb, I believe, if I remember correctly? Or yes. Was, um, and so, Sounds correct. I mean, I know it was one of those thumbs. I'm trying to remember which one it was as I'm looking at it, but at least he, he will play tomorrow night. And, yes, it is his left thumb. Um, they tested it, and it seems like it is okay. Um, portions of Monday's practice, he did with a wrap on his thumb. And it was just diagnosed as a sprain, right? He had x-rays at halftime. Ultimately, he made his way back to the bench, played some more in that game. But now he has a sprain in his left thumb. Also, don't forget, Derek Lively has a back contusion after falling against the Lakers. He missed that Clippers game, and he, I believe he will also miss the Rockets game, but then after that, you know, we'll see what happens then. Uh, I guess what's the Grizzlies uh, come to town yeah. later in the week. But yes, uh, those are things that you could probably point to and say, ooh, a little concerning, right? Once you start having major pieces of your team dealing with injuries, small as they may be. Yeah, and the conversation for really the past couple of seasons has been depth behind those guys. So feel a little bit better about it this year more so than last year but still the key contributors especially Derek Lively early on has been doing everything you hoped he could maybe not expected but everything you hoped because I didn't have the expectations too high he's been really good we'll get to him here in just a minute but yeah the injuries have been something that's worried me uh we've got some reaction on the truckright.com text line as well uh from the 972 defense uh, we yep. had yep. Yep. great answer. Yeah. Good answer. I, and I think that's really kind of everyone's first answer is just across the board defense. Uh, but part of that has been see I'm trying to find who said it uh, so I can give all the credit that is due from the 817. And you were kind of talking about this earlier, I believe, before crosstalk from the 817. My concern is that we need to rely too much on a rookie and talking about Derek Lively. The fact that he's played so well, but we didn't know that we would need him this much this early, and you're starting to see it now that he's missed a couple of games, that he's definitely bringing an element that you didn't really have, and you're starting to miss in a short-term injury. I'll contend that you did know that you needed it this early, this fast, right? I, I think you, you did know that. It's one of the reasons why it was such an important thing. It's one of the reasons why the you know, the offseason, the big thing was you need to get a center. And to the point where even drafting Derek Lively did not feel like enough of an answer. Um, the problem is that he can't do it alone. Yeah. Right? And so you're seeing defensively where the, you know, the deficiencies of the rest of the defense as currently constituted is still showing up when Derek Lively's off the court or when he doesn't play. And even sometimes against really good teams while he's still on the court. And so you need more than simply him. And so... Um, the idea being, I think he's capable of handling a lot of what you've thrown at him. It's just that's not enough to like, you know, buoy the buoy the team and the defense. And so, with that being the case, like that's one of the concerns for sure is that that's that's the major defensive player. And outside of that, you're not getting a ton. With all due respect to Grant Williams, with all due respect to Derek Jones Jr., with all due respect to you know, like we can name these different players that offer something. But it's not enough to the point of, like I mentioned, right, the, the, the on-off splits, or sorry, the on um, numbers when it comes to offense, defense, the net rating ultimately is damn near nuclear. Uh, uh, let's start that one more time. 
the the numbers, the net rating is damn near neutral when Luka Doncic is on the court. And that's that's wild to consider because you know Luka Doncic is an offensive master. Now, one of the things that comes in on the text line from the 817, or sorry, uh, from the, let's see, I just lost it. Um, from the 204, they said Luka throwing games away. Needs to be more aggressive in the paint. I don't know if I want to say that he's throwing games away, but that aggressive in the paint, I think, tra- you know, tracks to most of the team. One thing I've noticed is that, like, and look, this is a modern offense, and particularly one with the Mavericks where you know you're going to have to knock down shots. Shooting is going to be paramount in this. However, I, I think that good teams, particularly ones that can, you know, withstand poor shooting stretches, also need to be able to get to the basket, um, need to apply pressure to the paint and to the rim, right? And with that being the case, you have Luka Doncic, you have Kyrie Irving. Those are the guys you kind of think of as like pressure creators. But even then, sometimes it feels like they're getting downhill and they're not getting shots at the rim. They're getting shots near the rim and still having to go over the top of guys at times. And that's one of the things that concerns me is because you've seen a stretch over the last five or so games where the shooting hasn't been as nice as, you know, you wanted it to be. And so even in instances where you play, you know, a Lakers team that isn't very good offensively, and you hold them to pretty low scoring. You also then have low scoring, and that's a close game, right? You barely put any points up against the Clippers, and that game is a foregone conclusion because it's just your offense looks nasty, right? Those are the things that I have concerns about because if the offense is just Kyrie goes off, Luka goes off, Tim Hardaway Jr. goes off, and there's your points, I have some concerns. So my question to that is, because I think that's a great point about getting to the rim and not around it, is that solution in-house? So, like, is that mm. something that can be figured out, that can be coached, that can be taught? Because clearly, when it comes to personnel, that's something that's highly scrutinized with this Mavs team. Is sure. not you, you talked about it with Derek Lively. There, there's guys, but guys that can't do it alone. You have to have someone behind them. Is there an answer getting to the rim, whether it's coaching, whether it's one specific guy stepping up? Is there any way to fix that, or is that something that you have to just kind of lay down and say, look, we don't have it here, we need to find it? No, I think that you look at Luka Doncic, you look at Kyrie Irving, I think they have the capabilities of doing it. It might just need to be a little bit more intentional. And with Kyrie, the tough part about it is his diet of shots has always been difficult shots because he's great at them. But the tough part about it is, hey, if you're great at those, you'll be great at also easier shots. And so maybe making a concerted effort to do to you know look for those a little bit more might be helpful um and then obviously all of that is uh is made easier when you are making shots and so it kind of ends up being uh you know two things that go hand in hand um but yeah no i, I obviously the big one i think is defense who is ultimately what we're going to keep coming back to one thing that i was thinking about yesterday and it was after that clippers game just kind of looking back at it after watching it 107 to 88 Clippers over the Mavs. And I'm thinking, man, nothing out of the box jumps at you outside of Paul George for the Clippers. Who has been their mainstay all season. Absolutely. He has been phenomenal for them. But Kawhi started off the game 0 for 9. James Harden made yep. two threes. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Like, you, for me, it's the situational basketball. And that's really broad. I know that, that sounds very just kind of random yeah, and very out there, vague. But that's right. Very vague. But it comes down to, you know, matchups for me and whatnot. In these situations, it feels like they're not taking advantage of some of the better situations that they find themselves in, whether it's defensively, offensively, but like in this Clippers game, whenever two of the, you know, more talented guys on the roster, it's not a shot at anyone else. It's just when you have 
a guy like Kawhi Leonard and James Harden on the floor at the same time, whenever they're not doing much of anything, you're still getting cooked in the paint by Avisa Zubats. You know, you're still getting cooked by guys like Terrence Mann, who put up his highest points per game or points in the game uh, this season. There's guys like Norman Powell giving you 15 off the bench. Oh, no, Norm was possessed. Yeah, he was possessed. And it it feels vague and it's really hard to put into words, but it just feels like whenever the Mavs are gifted something, they almost can't live in prosperity with these things. <laughs> that, that's what? my best way of putting it. They can't handle prosperity whenever these things are given. To th they were fully rested going into this game, and it just felt like, okay, this might be a somewhat even matchup while the Clippers are still trying to figure things out, and the Mavs' offense is still looking like what we think it should look like, and you get a bit of a, a, bit of a gift, excuse me, and you know, an off night for two of the best players on the team. And then defensively, I think we kind of already hit on it. That's really the mainstay in this conversation is that things need to get better in the paint. Things need to get better underneath the rim. And really, it comes down to an effort thing out of some of these guys. But I, I do think that you're starting to see the reality of the Mavs team sure. because they started off so hot to the point where I wanted to drink the Kool-Aid. But I said, let's pump the brakes a little bit and wait. And now you're starting to see the true reality of this Mavericks team is that they never fixed the defense. They tried and they did good things to try. It's just like that point you mentioned earlier. There needs to be other guys that do it, too. Sure. Um, the effort thing is an interesting one because we can talk about the roster and things that are necessary there. And that's not something you're going to get done in, you know, in the short term. Like maybe you get a trade done. Uh, before the trade deadline, and that helps in some way, right? This is not a team that is fully formed in that way. Uh, but the effort are the thing is the thing that you can maybe address now. The connectedness, the being on the same page and all pulling in the same direction are the things that you can help to maybe make um, some level of change when it comes to defense and make it so that um, against the better teams like you're talking about, like the Clippers, who, in, you know, in theory, ostensibly is one of the better teams, even though they've had a little bit of a tough go of it since they've, you know, adjusted their team and brought in James Harden, right? Yeah. Um, what you saw is that that's still a team that, even if things aren't going well with a few of their players, they still know how to attack your defense and make some things happen. Now, of course, you kind of help them by not making shots. But with that being the case, right, you got to make it harder. You got to make it more difficult, not just on teams that aren't all that great. Right. And if we want to do this comparison, uh, Mavs to Cowboys, I think that there's a little bit of crossover there is now yeah. against the better teams. Um, you need to have ways to make this difficult. If no, if for no other reason to make them work harder to get to some of these things. Right. You can't yeah. give them give them the cookies easy. Right. Make them work for it. And the tough part about it is that there's a lot of effort necessary defensively, then also offensively. But defense has got to be part of it right you can have an elite defense or elite offense and a defense that is not good and ultimately you're gonna sput you're gonna sputter and so you know Derek Lively someone mentioned uh Derek Lively's uh, health is a concern I think he's young and this was not like this was he fell on his back and he has a contusion right that that tracks that just needs to get heal heal and get better I, I imagine that that's that'll be fine largely um once he gets back obviously in the time that he's out problem but um yeah, I everybody pulling in the same direction, and now your defensive rotations are clicking, and those types of things make it more difficult on the other teams. Because um, I understand there's probably roster limitations, but you need to max that max out what you do have. And obviously, again, 16 games in, it's not going to be all the way there, but I'd like it to be further along than it is right now.
The Mavericks will host the Houston Rockets tomorrow at 7.30. We will keep you up to date on that matchup as the Rockets have a pretty good defense out of nowhere uh, down there in Houston. So it should be at least a somewhat inter interesting matchup between those two. Again, 7.30 tip tomorrow. We will keep you updated on that. And coming up next on the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan, we have 14 crazy facts from week 12 and yes we are going to actually talk on these airwaves in a positive light about tommy devito we'll do that next on the fan This segment on 105.3 The Fan is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Back on the get right here on 105.3 The Fan about to give you some uh, crazy facts from this week of NFL action, courtesy of CBS Sports. That in just a moment, Alec Bedford and Reggie Atatua with you until 11 o'clock tonight. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved with the show here tonight. Uh, in Monday night football action, it is currently 9-3 to in favor of the Chicago Bears early in the fourth quarter. And if you are enjoying this game, you should be ashamed of yourself. Why not ashamed of yourself? Yep. I said what I said. Wow. It really makes you want to shed the tears. Yeah, this is tears. This is absolutely one that makes me want to cry because why do we have so many bad primetime matchups this year? I mean, there's a lot of bad teams. Um, That's I mean, a great point. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> although, like, they put this mechanism of flexing in, and it just feels like they don't be flexing enough. Like, I flex yeah. more. How about that? How about flex more? Like, we don't have to see every team on national TV. We really don't. Life lessons with Reggie. Flex more. Just flex more. Yeah, that works in, you know, in larger situations, but also in this very particular situation that I'm talking about. <laughs> so, let's talk about some crazy uh, facts from this week of NFL action. Week 12 will be in the books after 12 minutes and 40 seconds of regulation here on Monday Night Football. So, some of the things that we saw pointed out by CBS Sports. There is a first time for everything. The Eagles win over the Bills marked the first time in NFL history that multiple players finished a game with at least two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts both pulled that off during Philly's overtime win. And really, for Jalen Hurts, it was a tale of two halves. For Josh Allen, it was for the most part kind of what we expect to see from him on a night out night uh, night in night out basis and it was a fun matchup in the end we got the extra football and sadly Eagles get the win but both quarterbacks really in that second half were really nice yeah more than anything I was surprised that this um that this particular stat had not happened before in NFL history right like yeah. we've, we've had you know really great quarterbacks that not only could throw the football but also run the football and it's kind of surprising that this is the first time that you have that. But I guess it also highlights the fact that the quarterback position is fully changed. Like, we've fully gotten to that place. For a few years, I've held the, the belief that in order to play quarterback in the modern NFL, 
mobility is no longer like a nice thing to have. It's now like a necessity. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see that it, it's it's incredibly necessary, particularly with you know the way that you know offense is down, the way the defenses have um, decided to make it more and more difficult on offenses to pass the football and making them take things underneath and those types of things. And you you see the uh, the benefit of having all of uh, a quarterback that's capable of making things happen with their legs, not only extending plays but also picking up yards and touchdowns on the ground. Um, that was that was one of those games that was a good game, but also like still wasn't uh, didn't reach the heights of it. At least not for me personally. Yeah. Um. But hey, um. Shout out to those two players having that happen, and shout out to Josh Allen, who's got to hate overtime games at this point. <laughs> and that's right. that's actually one of the facts here. Oh on yeah, that's CBS right. Sports. The Bills' quarterback Josh Allen has played in a total of six overtime games in his career, and he is zero and six following the loss to the Eagles. That's right. He has never won an overtime game in his NFL career. Including that one game which serves as like proof of concept of, oh, this dude is a monster who's here to take over the rest of the league. Remember that one time where uh, the Bills played the Chiefs? Yeah. And that game was a monster of a game. Those dudes were hooping both ways back and forth. Um, you know, I don't believe in like the quarterback uh, wins thing. So the idea that he is 0-6 and uh, you know, overtime wins, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that per se. But uh, what that does, what that does point to is, a the Bills, they are just, they are just uh, c- continuing that long-held Bills tradition of getting so close, <laughs> so close. <laughs> uh, they got to be sick up there. And also, uh, Sean McDermott, hello, what's happening with you, my boy? Like, oh. um, because this is the tough thing about it. You could look around and have very many reasons to be like, yo, Sean McDermott's probably a good coach. In fact, I think that a lot of their issues have to deal with like the organization, the front office, because there's a lot of ways in which they've kind of just let this team get old quietly and not continue to stock up uh, the reserves to prepare for uh, the future. Yeah. That being said, uh, the the GM ain't front of center. You are my boy. Like what? (laughs) When, when things start getting, when people start getting angry and oh boy, they will get angry soon. Right. You already, you've already gotten rid of both uh, coordinators uh, on either side of the ball. Ken Dorsey, obviously recently. And then um, what's my guy? who was the defensive coordinator last year that they got rid of, right? Yeah. Um, hey, man, once you get rid of defense coordinators, there's no more coaches to go for except for you. And so shout out to Sean McDermott because you could you might lose your job while being good at football. Some notes on the quarterbacks from that matchup on Sunday, uh, specifically Josh Allen. He did hit his historical mark. The Bills quarterback threw for 339 yards while also rushing for 81 yards marking the eighth time in his career that he's thrown for at least 300 yards with 50 yards rushing. That's now tied with Steve Young for the most (laughs) 3,500 games in NFL history. Uh, I love Josh Allen. (laughs) He's different, man. When he is on, he is on. And when he's off, it's hilarious. Yes, it is actually hilarious, and nobody talks about it. Oh, no, uh, we t- well, come on. You can't say it. we've talked about it. This yeah, point. we try. We we yeah. definitely try we because, you know. We've talked about that a good amount. There's another quarterback that gets talked about more when he makes mistakes. Uh, speaking of the quarterback play in that matchup, Jalen Hurts with two rushing touchdowns against the Bills became, uh, or rather he acquired 11 games in his career with multiple rushing touchdowns, which is new a new NFL record. Hertz had previously been tied with Cam Newton for that record. So multiple rushing touchdowns in his career uh, in a single game. 11 games now breaks Cam Newton's record. So we're starting to see those Cam Newton records that were so just wild and nuts and some of the benchmarks he had start to get covered up. 
And it's kind of wild that we're starting to see those things fall down. Because I remember watching Cam Newton when he was fresh out of college. It was just like, this This is wild. It's this rem- is nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah, it's just a reminder, man. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Things progress. It's one of the reasons why comparing things from different eras is like just too tough of a proposition. I mean, we could do it for the fun of it, but understand that it's, it is it is a really difficult uh, conversation to have when you compare versus errors because, look, folks see what happens. They get better from what happens, and that, that uh, pushes the score forward. Talking about that game, specifically the Eagles as a whole, thanks to their win over the Bills, the Eagles have now joined a rare club. They're just the fourth team in NFL history to start 10-1 and one in consecutive seasons. The Eagles now join the Bears in 41-42, and 42, the Dolphins in 72 and 73, and the Colts in 2005 and 6. The three previous teams all won at least one Super Bowl title. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. I know. Thanks, thanks. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. I just like chaos. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Let's talk about a quarterback that we do care about just because he's fun to talk about. His name is Tommy DeVito. Uh, For the Giants, with the Giants' win over the Patriots, Tommy DeVito became just the fifth undrafted rookie in the common draft era to win at least two of his first three starts. He also became the first undrafted rookie since 1966 to record a passer rating of 100 or higher in consecutive starts. So after the Cowboys had him seeing ghosts, he's kind of starting to work a little bit. You know, he's not burning the world down, but he's actually helping out the team now, which is pretty cool to see. Look, good for him. Um, And shout out to the Commandos and the Patriots for helping this along. The Patriots, (laughs) mind you, losing 10 to 7 in that game. Because so like we're not going to pretend like Tommy DeVito was out here balling or anything. It's my MVP. That being said, when Tommy DeVito is brought up, this is the one thing that I want to discuss. Oh, boy. Um, Why do we all feel so comfortable doing this stereotype stuff when it comes (laughs) to the Italians? Like why I you know what I mean like I, I understand Tommy DeVito and his family are all just like big old caricatures. Shout out to them, right? <laughs> Shout out there to them for embracing this, having fun with it. Awesome, right? Um, but this I has has any of us considered like this might be a they can do it, but we can't thing because like I just look. Mm. I'm here for let's have our fun. I I feel uncomfortable. I look around. I'm like, hey, dude, I feels like we're leaning a little too far into this with the voices and the hand gesture and everything. I'm like, hey, look. I, I also understand that it is fun. I'm just like, hey, man, sometimes not all the fun is for us, per se. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's part of a club that we just cannot relate to, and I fully agree. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it earlier that we have just taken this like as a collective whole fan base of the NFL, just taken it and run with it. And even well, it's the not even the has- NFL. Like, it's society. We're all, like, yeah. If there is one stereotype that we're all like, that's good. Is the and I just want to know was like there a meeting that I missed was it well before my time like did we just all agree the the one place where we can have some fun is the Italians like just let me know I guess well Tommy DeVito is totally leaning into it as well and he has a bit of a celebration that he does with his scoring plays and big plays he does the little you know the hand gesture if you're seeing on uh, the Twitch or YouTube you know the little everyone knows it as like the fancy Italian thing. That you do. I don't even know. I like how to, to call it the bellissimo, but it's probably like that's see, a that's a hot piece of pie is usually where people <laughs> will go with it. And again, I feel very uncomfortable doing all this. I apologize to the necessary parties. See, and nobody that or everybody that has the video or doesn't have the video in front of them knows exactly what Reggie just did just by saying that. And Tommy DeVito was asked by uh, the media about it after practice today. Just what is it? What does it mean? And here's how it went. 
What would you call it? A high what? A high vibe? No, that's a high. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the word for it? There, there is no word for it. I don't think there's a word for it. Is there a word for it? If you type, usually when you type in an emoji on like iMessage, like it'll pop up. I don't know if there's like a. At this point, I think it's the libido. It might be, but we'll just keep on rolling with it. <laughs> it's just a high. Mm. <laughs> Have fun with that. italiano. Oh, man. Yeah, we should just call it the DeVito at this point, I guess. I mean... I don't know any other term for it other than the... I, mm. I clearly don't have a good answer for it either, so shout out to Tommy DeVito for having so damn fun, so damn much fun with it. Shout out to the DeVitos for enjoying this. Like, this has got to be a crazy ride for him in particular. You want to talk about uh, the Patriots and their ugliness? No, but let's do it anyways. The Patriots' way seems to be the wrong way. The Patriots are the first NFL team in 30 years to lose back-to-back games despite surrendering 10 or fewer points in each game. Not only did they lose 10-7 this week, but they also lost 10-7 to the Colts back in Week 10. Yeah, man, uh, this Bill Belichick thing is going to end at the end of the season, isn't it? Which is crazy because, like, wild to think. in some ways, he is being, like, we started the season and again, people jumped up with this early, and I understand why, but I was like, look, man. That dude has a level of tenure in these things that it feels like he's somewhat unassailable. Oh, no, it's very assailable, right? I don't even know if that's the way that I could say that, but ultimately, it's looking very assailable for him, right? And so with this being the case, ooh, it looks bad. It looks real bad. And at the very worst, like, he just can't can't make the decisions when it comes to, like, player personnel no more, right? And I don't know if he wants to keep doing that job if he doesn't have that, but it's bad. Yeah, it feels like the ultimatum has to be, hey, let us hire a GM or we need to move on from this whole thing because, yeah, the player personnel stuff. I just love – it goes back to that video of Sean McVay when they had no draft picks on day one a couple years ago and the Patriots took Cole Strange. And McVay goes, I thought he was going to be there for us in the fourth. <laughs> yep. 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 Not not yeah. not been looking good for your man, uh, Bill. Yeah. And shout out to everybody who wants to do the Tom Brady uh, carry them because – what can anyone say in response at this point? Yeah, there is no argument anymore. Even more Patriots ugliness. The NFL teams are 49-2 and two this season when allowing 10 or fewer points, which breaks down like this. The Patriots are 1-2 while the rest of the league is 48-0. and 0. Gross. That's <laughs> just gross. I would like to jump around because I, uh, this is now sad at this point. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> sad. But let's talk about some good things. Shout out to the Steelers, man. They fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, and they finally hit 400 yards of offense in their first game without him. It's the first time in 59 games that they have amassed 400 yards of offense. You know, this is like this is like uh, you don't you don't show up to one of the get togethers with your uh, with your friends. And then you see pictures where they look more fun. They look like they're having the most fun that they've ever had. And you're like, oh, so I was the problem? Yeah. And for Matt Canada, (laughs) yes. Yes, you were, dude. You were the issue. He was absolutely the problem. And it's I feel good for Steelers fans. And for Mike Tomlin specifically, because he had to put up with that. And he needs best coach in the NFL. You say he had to put up with that. That was his like he hired him. I know, but like just He hired him and only now decided to fire him, even though for the longest time it was very apparent that he should have done so. I'm thinking of the human element, you know, that's your boy. You gotta roll with him. You gotta defend him after the game. And it's like, how long can I keep doing this? And then it finally broke and he said, Look, I can't do this no more. First game without him. How about we put up four hundred yards of offense for the first time since week two of twenty twenty? We're doing so great without you. Yes. 
It's just amazing. Uh, and then C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal this year. He set a rookie record with 304 passing yards against the Jaguars, became the first rookie in NFL history to throw for 300 yards and more, or more, excuse me, in four consecutive games. C.J. Stroud has been awesome. Before we go, I do want to mention this one. Justin Tucker is no longer the most accurate kicker in NFL history. What? He missed a 44-yard field goal against the Chargers which dropped his career accuracy from uh, to 89.93%. Um, and that so that's number two on the NFL's all-time accuracy list behind Young Waku, the kicker for the Falcons, who has made 90% of his field goals. So, yeah, wow. no, uh, Justin Tucker, not bad per se, but does look kind of broken. Like, he's he's missed a few kicks that are, look like that were previously thought to be like gimmies with Justin Tucker, not even like the, hey, this is a really long kick. Just like, hey, why you used to make those all the time. <laughs> and so just reminder that um, nothing nothing lasts forever. Everything comes to an end. Eat at Arby's. That's some, um, I can't even move on from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's some, um, maybe we have to talk about it on the other side. Some wild facts from week 12 of the NFL season. Lots of crazy things going down this week. And let's keep the craziness going because coming up next, I get to do this for the first time. It's sharing time next on The Get Right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Just announced Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine's one-time Equinox offload. A limited supply of excess Equinox models will be sold direct to the public below market value. See them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. Don't wait. The best sell fast. Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads. Back on the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. About to have some sharing time here in just a moment. TruckRick.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 to get involved in the conversation. Also live on Twitch and YouTube. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. And such a weird crossover seeing uh, the son of Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, beefing with the country music star Jelly Roll. That's that's not on my bucket list for today. Not on the bingo card whatsoever. But did you, did you just start talking about wrestling? Yeah, I did. Okay. That's what happens when you let me lead the show. Yeah, that was my mistake. Yeah, definitely should have thought better of that. Yeah. Well, you made the decision. There's no looking back now. <sighs> <laughs> you got to live with those mistakes sometimes. It's time for sharing time here. On the get right, where I will be doing this for the first time. Yeah, you don't know how this works, do you? I kind of know. Uh, a it's not. A, bit. It's not a difficult concept. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just audio show and tell in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I have, I do have a couple of things, and so I want to give you the option. Do we want to get heavy with it, or do we want to keep it kind of light? Uh, let's let's start light, and we can work our way down. Okay. Um, I just saw this on. Twitter, and now I'm trying to find it again because I realized that... Have you ever done the thing where you just, like, hit refresh without thinking and then you yes. lose tweet forever? Yes. Um, well, uh, something that I did just see was um, apparently in a freezer section in some um, some grocery store or something somewhere um, was, you know, pizzas, frozen pizzas. Yeah. Frozen pizzas that you can make at the house. Mm-hmm. Nothing special in that way, except the particular brand caught my eye. 
and the brand was Chuck E. Cheese. Oh. And I did not realize. Did y'all know that Chuck E. Cheese had like pizzas that you could buy and take to your house and like cook them? And obviously you could probably buy them and take them to the house from Chuck E. Cheese. In fact, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can order them on like any of these delivery apps, which that's also a funny thing. Um, because I guess you could, you, you in theory, uh, you can't just pull up to the Chuck E. Cheese without a child and be like, hey, let me get in there. I'm trying to get some pizza, right? That would be, that'd raise some <laughs> suspicions. But um, that didn't take me back to the thought, like, I'm pretty sure I've always enjoyed Chuck E. Cheese pizza in the instances that I've had it. And there's no way it's actually, like, good pizza, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's no way that's, like, good pizza. Yeah. And so, why is that? Do we have, like, any thought as to, like, why the Chuck E. Cheese pizza seems to hit in the way that it does, even though I know damn well there's no way that this is, like, great pizza? You know, I that's purely got to be a play for the kids, you know? <laughs> My mind just goes straight to okay. the- You say that. I, look, the kids don't have money to buy this. Well, yeah, but they, well, I hope they have parents that are thinking the way I'm thinking. You know, the whole analogy of the, we got the McDonald's at home thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. That's incredible. Imagine that, though. That would be such a power move as a parent. You know, mom, I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, this Saturday. We got Chuck E. Cheese at home. Yeah, but if I was doing it, I would just be like, we got pizza at home. And I, you get one of these, to- uh, what is it, to- uh, uh, tombstones or whatever. Oh, yeah, like, tombstone, yeah. What, what are, whatever these uh, cheap pizzas are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Walmart brand ones. There you go. Wh- whichever yeah. ones. Totinos whichever ones we got to go there. But, yeah. uh, the pizza rolls hit hard. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I just, that took me back to a place where I was like, I'm pretty sure. And then we've heard, I'm pretty sure that we've heard really crazy things about the way that Chuck E. Cheese gets down historically. Like, if I remember correctly, and I'm going to do my Googles as I as I talk to hopefully find um, this right, like the right answer to this to make sure that I'm not telling y'all lies because I would never do that intentionally by any means. But I'm pretty mm. sure like we have seen things about their practices not not being uh, correct. Like I'm fairly certain I've heard of like Chuck E. Cheese's taking uneaten slices of pizza and putting them back, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. And yet. And still. Tastes delicious. I don't know why. Is that is that part of it? Do we have any? Do you have any thoughts on that? Someone said from the four six, four three two. Maybe it's the rat in the kitchen. Because you know Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I guess maybe it's got to be the 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 magic of the animals. I don't know. Uh, I did see where they started taking out in some locations the animatronics. Yes. Because kids were too scared after the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's and crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Like, how are we just doing that in the year of our Lord 2023? <laughs> <laughs> and, and what were we expecting with that movie coming out? Like, we, were we not expecting this to be the result? That's um, a great point. Well, I mean, to be fair, that, that's not really the, uh, the target demo. Like, I don't know how many of the, the Chuck E. Cheese, uh, you know, audience necessarily is supposed to be at uh, Five Nights at Freddy's or whatever the ultimate name of that is. I always forget. Yeah, it's kind of evolved into that, though. It's really turned into a kid's game, even though it really shouldn't be. Because I, remember, I was playing it even in high school, and I was like, this is kind of wild. <laughs> like, I just tried it out just to see what the hype was. I'm like, this is kind of crazy, kind of creepy. How are kids playing this? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I was like, we, the animatronics was like a thing from, you know, what, 70s, 80s? Like, yeah. how how is this a thing that we're like, this is still an attraction? Um, from, I loved it as a kid. I do appreciate for from the, the Twitch line, uh, not a fan, 105.3, says uh, Chuck E. Cheese is awful pizza. And he says, I remember because I raised two boys that always wanted to go and play the crappy video games and also the crappy prizes. 
And uh, maybe that's the case. I don't know. But it, uh, my memory for, seems to give me uh, the the thought that the pizza was good for some reason. Yeah. And maybe it is just like the nostalgia of building up this place where it's like, hey, this is fun. So you're going to like the things. Trust us. Maybe, just, maybe that's why they also started selling like alcohol for the adults. Yeah. It's like you won't notice that the pizza is terrible oh, because yeah. you will be uh, just just a little bit. A little bit on edge. It'll taste a lot better when you're a couple cores and a couple lemon drops in. I I, I promise you, you that. You think they're selling lemon drops? You think they've got a bartender at the Chuck E. Cheese? No, I think you bring some of the mixers in your pocket. Oh, wow. And, that's, then, you, and then you do the rest of the work. That's real debauchery that you're talking What is happening Pe- here? People do that. Although, to be, you say that as if you've know, you've seen it with this experience. I've seen it on video. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. The things that I've seen on video is like you would be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you just understand <laughs> and you've lived life. How many times? Fights. <laughs> Grown, like I'm not talking about little kids pulling pigtails. I'm talking about adults beefing yep. and throwing hands, fisticuffs, mm-hmm. if you will, at the Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, there was a point I lived in Beaumont where the Beaumont Chuck E. Cheese was the place to throw down. Apparently, it was, there's plenty of instances <laughs> where people's uh, people went and threw hands when they were at the Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm just like, sorry for the babies. The babies are trying to have a little fun, and all of a sudden they got to leave because somebody got their keister whooped. Um, that's that's real sad. Anyways, um, I guess that's my. That's what I brought to sharing time was just all spurred by, oh, wow, you can actually go get the pizzas from Chuck E. Cheese at the freezer, which why would you do that except all my memories and nostalgia made me think that pizza is good. Oh, man. I had a couple of things that honestly I kind of thought about using over the weekend but just didn't really get to it. Thanksgiving thoughts as we are now days removed from this. but Yeah, by the way, uh, PSA from the Get Right, go ahead and get those uh, leftovers up out of there. They're not probably going to be yes. good for you anymore. And Unless you, like, froze them. Yeah. Don't do that. Or if they're tamales. Well, tamales are always good. That's th- yeah. That does not apply. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is just wild. I'm seeing CM Punk on WWE TV in 2023. This is nuts. Uh, prevailing Thanksgiving thought. I'm sad that there is no other attraction anymore to me as an adult other than the football and the food because I woke up and I saw tweets about the Thanksgiving Day Parade and I did not care whatsoever. Huh. I'm just so sad that the parade doesn't hold the substance that it used to for me because I've just outgrown it. Like there's no element of it anymore that engages me whatsoever. That's interesting. I feel like that's an interesting dilemma. Text text line 877-881-1053 if you have any suggestions for Medford on ways to make food's birthday fun for him again. Um, I think one of the things that we can do is maybe like reframe the uh, parade, which is I understand maybe like the the thing itself is not fun, but maybe we can turn this into uh, like what I like to do with bad movies, like an opportunity to make fun of it, right? And so yeah. like get on these tweets. And like let's let's tweet uh, snarky things about the parade and see if we can get some folks to jump in. And now you have a collective uh, group of people tweeting uh, tweeting about this thing that like in theory you don't actually enjoy, but then you turn it into having fun, making fun of the parade. That's, That's a possibility, fair. right? Like, is, does that work? I like that. And like the most fun thing I saw was there was a balloon float of an anime character. I don't watch any anime. Was, it, uh, was it Luffy, I believe? Yeah. Is the name? And his hat got caught on a tree yes. and the hat deflated, That's but right. the, the rest was able to stay afloat. I did notice uh, Broadus, because this was mentioned in LA Live earlier today, and Broadus like, was delighted. He was like, was there a strong wind? Because I like when there's a strong wind. I'm like, why are you so happy to see <laughs> destruction? But you know what? That might be where we're like, it's just like, hey, I, I don't enjoy this thing, so I would like chaos to ensue so that maybe that can make this fun for me. 
uh, which I feel like we should examine that in some yeah. ways. That feels like that's probably not the healthiest thing to have. Um, on the truckwreck.com text line from the 214, they said, uh, love your family as a level of solution. Is that is that going to help you? Yeah, no. I, I was definitely involved with the family. It was just like, man, the entertainment value of having multiple things to do that don't involve the dinner table or the lunch table are just gone. Kind of wild, but I did enjoy the football. I can't lie. Oh, I just you, sat around watching. You don't cook all at all, do you? No, I helped. Okay, all right. Because yeah. that that ends up being like some level of distraction, if not just like pure enjoyment. Like, hey, yeah, we're, we're having, you know, we're doing stuff. We have things that we're doing that have keeping us active. Yeah, I definitely helped with the okay. smoking of the uh, the ham and whatnot, some of the sides. But Ooh. yeah, uh, smoked ham was fantastic, and I'm not a big ham guy. But yeah, that was no, great. we've already we discussed this off air, and I'm going to spare you from me having this conversation with you on air. <laughs> but if you would like to get at our guy uh, Alec Medford about his uh, not being a ham person, eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Not a fan on the Twitch has a suggestion for you. Uh, oh. Suggest go from cake to pie for starters, which is interesting because like look. Cake, pie, usually already done early. Yeah. And so, like, let's switch this up. I like the idea. I'm thinking about it. Start with dessert. You know, dinner, that's a proposition that only uh, whoever's the master chef can decide, right? Some families will get it at one. Some families will get it at three. Some families will get it at eight, right? Um, Pie, you can get in there and sneak a slice of pie. They ain't going to know. And if they do know, too bad. It's already been eaten. (laughs) Deal with it. And that's sharing time here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. We probably should have said legal things because the 432 was bringing some stuff up that I probably, I imagine that you don't want to engage in. Or maybe you do. I can't speak for you. I uh, n- yeah, I can't say I'd be in on that, but if you indulge, then sure. <laughs> You're like, I will participate, but I will not judge you for doing so. Exactly. There, there's no law of lost here, uh, 432. None whatsoever. Uh, if you are still engaged in this Monday night football game, it's 10 to 9 now in favor of the Vikings after a TJ Hawkinson touchdown. Ooh, we're in a fun period of the game where I, I use fun very loosely. There's only two <laughs> minutes or under two minutes left to go. Um, looks like um, the Bears are on their own 40-yard line, and they needed to get a drive going here to get themselves in field goal range to possibly take the win here or take the lead in order to try and win. Um, and no timeouts either. Fun. Fun times. We this, will. This is kind of the Phillip Rivers situation in a way. Oh, wow. Phillip Rivers on the broadcast tonight. Great mention. We will get you updated on this game, what happens uh, in the final sub-two minutes, and get you the rest of your headlines here on the Get Right. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.